friends and welcome to your midweek slice of Kings of Anglia Ipswich Town podcast fun. Once again, apologies that you've had to wait a little bit longer than normal for this one. Um, as I explained last week, during the summer, this is going to be the shape of things. Probably one pod a week until things start to move again towards the end of June, which obviously is when the fixtures come out. Then we get pre-season and July the 30th, unbelievably, the season will kick off. Town's inevitable march to the championship next season, getting in their early doors. Uh, I'm Mark Heath. I'm your host. I'm joined by three... Kings, I can take or leave, to be honest, in terms of favourite rankings. Um, I'm going to start, though, with the man who's next to me in this virtual chat room. It's Andy the Hutchman, Hutch Hogan, Michael Hutchins, Hutchzilla, Andy Warren. We said we were going to calm down about uh, predictions for next season, didn't we? <laughs> but yeah. it's but it's May the 19th and you, you've gone. I've gone early. You've gone we've, early. Not even, we've not even had the League One playoff final yet. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Mm. The march is on. The inexorable march to inevitable promotion. Um, how's things, friend? I'm all right. You? I'm not too bad at all. Um, something I've, I've managed to injure myself, which we'll maybe talk about when we get on to Ross. Um, but yeah, other than that, I'm okay, mate. I'm okay. Um, mm. I've seen you since this injury. <laughs> yeah, you are. I can confirm it's a. I can confirm it's real. I'll let you. I'll let you and Ross talk about it. But um, yeah, you're you are suffering. It's definitely a sore one, as Lambert would say. Mm. Um, Stewie, your partner in crime, Stuart Watson, the doctor. Looking good, my friend. How are you on this fairly dull Thursday morning? Um, Yeah, I'm not too bad, thank you. Yeah, I had to get up in the night and shut all the windows. It was a wet one, wasn't it? Um, I'm, I'm very well, thank you. <laughs> there was one hell of a storm last night, wasn't there, boys? Good Lord, there was. You're better. No, come on. You're better than that. <laughs> all of you. There was. Ah, yeah, but there was a good, I mean, hell of a storm. Set there was. Bringing the house down, barking he was, barking at the thunder. Um, and just finally, a man giggling now like a schoolboy, as is his want. Man like the prospect, the bearded one, the boy wonder. Uh, Ross Halls, Roscoe Halls, how are you? I'm very well. I love Stevie Wonder. So, you know, just bring that in there. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Thanks for letting us know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, he's good. He's got some great songs, hasn't he, Stevie Wonder? Yeah, yeah. 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 I'd say Superstition is yeah. my favourite. Um, yeah. Friend, I mentioned being injured. That's because we played football uh, with the KOA family on Tuesday night at the excellent goals facility in Ipswich. Um, a few of us down there. Yeah, if we, <laughs> goal, excellent goals, by the way. Yeah, the, uh, the goals facility. <laughs> yeah. We do. We are still always welcoming sponsors on this show. So, yeah, uh, who perhaps next time may not wish to charge us. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so it was good fun, wasn't it, Rossi? Just uh, we had we had a bit of a game down there. We had a few of the, the KOA family. Um, we scored probably the best goal oh. ever, ever, ever scored on a five-a-side pitch, Rossi. Uh, I'm going to have to go through this before we get on to the injury. So, essentially, it was like it was like KVY to McCauley Bond, you know, that goal. Probably better, though, to be honest. Um, mm. Rossi's got the ball at the back. We make eye contact. He knows what I'm doing. I, I cut in diagonally behind the defender. Rossi lofts it forward. I leap. I'm probably six, eight foot off the floor, I'd imagine, something like that, conservative <laughs> estimate. Just nod it. Over the keeper, far corner, absolutely beautiful goal. It was tremendous, wasn't it, Rossi? Just a shame that no one was there to capture it CCTV video-wise because we should have just mic-dropped and, and walked off the pitch there. Unfortunately, I didn't. And two minutes later, I could barely walk full stop, which was a shame. Um, I, I went over on my knee. Uh, obviously, I'm old. Um, I've already got a knee injury. I uh, did my MCL 10 years ago. Um, and in trying to manoeuvre on a football pitch, as one does, I've forgotten how much twisting and turning there is. My knee just popped, unfortunately. Um, and so I put my hand up 10 minutes in, I was in need of the magic sponge. There wasn't one. Um, so I had to be a one-legged goalkeeper for the rest of the time. And I've, I've got to be honest, 
are considered some absolute howlers, boys, because um, I could barely move. Uh, but Rossi, it was good, wasn't it? It was good fun. Um, I realised I have no stamina, so I was pretty <laughs> yeah. much yeah. gone after the first 10 minutes. But um, no, it was good fun. Yeah. Oh, the Heath and Halls connection was alive. Um, it was. Ahead of my friend. Nice yeah. little celebration afterwards. And I know you, you said you conceded a few holders, but you made some decent saves as well. For a one-legged goalkeeper, you did a good job. But um, everyone had good fun, and uh, we're hopefully going to keep up over the summer as well. Um, yeah. Just a good bit, little fun. I'm still... I'm now on 25, but I do feel a bit stiff, which, uh, move on. <laughs> yeah. Hutchie, uh, Hutchie and Stu will hopefully join the party um, and stroll around like the imperious yeah. ballers that they are. I must give a shout out to Ben Diath, who proved himself to be a baller of ballers. We lost we lost 16-14, and I think Ben scored about eight of them for yeah. us. A tremendous player. Um, and yeah, some, some all-round good players. Um, I, I think maybe, like you say, Rossi, gas tanks were an issue. At times around the pitch, cardio, match fitness, maybe maybe not up to par, pre-season levels. But hey, it was the first game. We'll see. We'll see where we go. Unfortunately, boys, I think I might be out for the season. But um, yeah, I did see you yesterday at a venue, <laughs> a venue that involved a few steps here and there. Yeah, and um, it's not good. No, it's my knee, my knee is approximately four times the size of of the other one, um, which isn't good. And I now have a physio appointment next week to hear what the damage is and. I'm, I'm dreading them say, oh, I'm sorry, mate, you, you're going to have to have surgery <laughs> or something we're, like that. We're waiting on the results of a scan. Absolutely. But I'm a definite, I'm definitely out for this weekend, boys. Definitely not. Um, right then, friends, let's get into the football, the proper football, not the five-a-side KOA family football. Um, and as we move into this summer period for Ipswich Town, you wouldn't know by the weather at the moment, Ipswich Town have kicked off their summer period. If you're grading it, Hutchie, as we, as we so often like to do, you'd have to say A-plus so far, wouldn't you? Because straight away, bong. They've, they've tied up their, their star player from last season. New deal. Bang! Their most informed striker. New deal. Signs a contract. Bang! Their key defender, Luke Wolfenden. Best haircut in League One. He signed a new deal. It's tremendous. They've really kicked off on fire. And boys, I'm going to invite us to have a little round table here. Um, so we know those are the headlines. Wes Burns, Caden Jackson, uh, Luke Wolfenden. New deals, extensions, etc. Let's have a little round table, shall we? Who wants to kick off? Stuart Watson. I'm going to start with you. Talk to me about contracts. It is tremendous business, isn't it? And again, most unlike Ipswich Town to be doing stuff like this. Yeah, we had a real flurry of them, didn't we, with the, mm. with the three contracts in the space of a few days. The one that I think I'm most pleased about is Luke Wolfenden. I know sort of Wes Burns will will get the uh, more of the headlines because of the uh, the season that he's just had. 13 goals catches the eye with this style of play, but Luke Wolfenden is the is the asset in terms of what he could be worth and where he could go as a footballer in his age for me. So that's the one that I was most pleased about. Um, and you're starting to look with Edmondson, Burns and Wolfenden contracted to 2025. I think it's important to get sort of a core of five, six players that you know are kind of of a good age that you can build around and, and are going to be here hopefully for, for the foreseeable. So good news. It's not, it's not just that core either. If you, it's not just the twenty twenty five boys. If you look at actually the entire contract situation, twenty twenty four, you've got Walt, Walton, Morsey, Evans, Chaplin in there, and, and Jackson as well. Um, there's not going to be any real contract drama, I don't think, coming throughout the course of of this season. There are some out of contract players at the end of the, the coming season. Vincent Young, Danassian, probably the key one out of them. Um, Aluko now, Penny. Um, 
and 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 Bagger as a young player, but there's no there's no kind of big kind of contract issues we're going to be talking about come December time, is there? Which um which is great. It's there's a core, it's solid, um, and they're getting their house in order before kind of adding to the house, which is which is obviously the next phase of things. But things things are in order, which is which is unusual. Do you remember, Stu, going back a few years under Jewel and the like? Contracts, players coming up to being out of contracts were always a massive issue, weren't they? And it always felt like it was literally hand to mouth, one season to the next. Whereas now you feel like Town have got a vision. They know which players are going to be important to them going forward. And they're not only players that will hopefully start at League One level, they're also players you can see being really good players at championship level as well. And to have that all tied up and nailed down to long-term deals is got to be a real step forward, hasn't it? Compared to what we've been used to. Yeah, I mean, who, who walked away for nothing during that, that period? You had people like uh, Norris, uh, Delaney. McGoldrick. Mm. Um, yeah, Gareth McCauley, McGoldrick, obviously. Um, so, yeah, allied, I would say on the flip side of that, we've had a fair amount of um, mutual contract FC as well, where you end up, if you if you tie people down too long and it doesn't work out, you can leave yourself in, you know, stuck with, with someone that you don't particularly want that's taking up valuable wages on, on the wage bill. I don't think we'll be there with the players that, that Ipswich have, have tied down, but it's... It's weighing that up, isn't it, uh, in terms of when you do it. And I think the one with Burns, whenever somebody that you feel is in form and a good asset gets into their final two years, that's the summer you need to start thinking about things because there was no mention of a 12-month extension in the Wes Burns one. So you're going, well, he's going into his final two years now. If he has a, If he starts next season like he finished last... You get to January and he's going into his final 18 months. And and if, um, you know, and we hope this isn't the case, but if Ipswich are once again looking like they're outside of the playoffs or might not do it again, then all of a sudden someone like Wes Burns is starting to think, maybe maybe I, you know, I can't put all my eggs in the Ipswich town basket in terms of furthering my my own career. So uh, really prudent to kind of act on him. Same with, same with Wolfenden. I think we need to probably say... Um, doesn't mean that Ipswich have to now go out and give everybody new three-year contracts in the squad, but I think you know the the ones that need doing have have been addressed. Mm. Connor and Chaplin's that... probably the other one that I'm looking at on that list now in terms of who might be next. He's 2024, so and and no mention of that, um, no mention of that 12 months from what I could see on the original contract. So a bit like Burns, he's of a good age. He finished last season well. He he might be one other that that they might think about looking at. I don't know. We asked um, the KOA Army who is the best bit of business done so far. Um, Burns wins that fifty nine percent. Wolfenden second thirty nine. In KJ trailing behind somewhat on two percent. Um, Rossi, would you agree with that? Is Burns the best bit of business? Because I think I I'm not sure I would agree with that. Um, he's the hot property at the moment because he's our mm. top goal scorer, won all the awards. But Luke Wolfenden is our prize asset really if you think about it academy graduate finished the season like house on fire um and i know still and i just chat about them you know they're on two years left of their contract but these deals didn't really need to happen really right now it didn't really mm. need to happen but as boy said in recent times you know after when it's 18 months you know you oh, you know he's not got much left to go will he sign the new contract if he feels we're still in league one well, i don't fancy that and he could go on a free in the next 18 months but Thankfully, we're now organised as a football club and we're actually getting these deals sorted. 
Um, but we haven't really, really much, you know, mentioned Kane Jackson much in this chat, really. So mm-hmm. I'm going to chuck his hat in. Um, of course, this summer he was going to go for a free. We signed him for a couple of million mm. um, during the Paul Hurst era. Um, and fair play to to Caden, you know, come out out from the wilderness, come into the team, scored a few goals. Then injury comes, the standard issues town curse. You're in, you're in form, then you get crocs basically. Um, but fair play to Caden. Um, I'm sure he's settled here as well, Caden Jackson. So I'm, I'm sure he's pleased he's signed a new deal. Um, once again, fans are divided about Caden Jackson. Some fans like him, some fans don't. But um, once again, getting that deal sorted, and he's another option up front. Sorry, sorry, I was gonna go on, Hutchie. The, well, the battle starts now for Caden because um, he's in he's in the squad now, but he's not he, he's not in the Burns and, and Wolfenden category of people that you're going to think are opening day starters on, at the end of July. So the battle starts now for him. Um, he, but but this time this time I think for the first time for the first time really since he signed, he's got a manager that truly believes in him and and plays to his to his thinks that he fits the style. I wouldn't I wouldn't say that while he had purple patches under Paul Lambert, I don't think he ever fit Paul Lambert's style if if we're able to actually pinpoint what that was. It changed quite regularly, but um I don't think he ever you would never I don't think Paul Lambert would ever have told you that that Caden Jackson's he's my kind of striker. Paul mm. Cook Paul Cook certainly certainly wouldn't have told you that. And um but but Kieran McKenna would. Whether he's a nailed on starter, I would say he's probably not. We've said so many so many times that we're expecting the the number nine, let's say, to to be at exterior at the moment and come in. But but Caden has got a manager who believes in him, believes he can coach him, and believes he can be part of a system. And and for someone how, like Caden, that's huge. Sorry, I wonder how that conversation went with Caden Jackson because mm. by general consensus, I've seen sort of amongst Ipswich fans is he's a good backup option, be a good squad mm. player. And that's fine. Everyone else saying that, but if you're Caden Jackson, I'm not sure you're going to jump to sign a contract when you could have been a free agent if that was the conversation. I'm not sure Kieran McKenna sat down and said, yeah, I see you as being an, an impact sub. So, you know, I'm sure he's been very honest with him and said, look, it's pretty clear. Other strikers have moved on. We're going to be in the market for others. But there's a, there's obviously been a conversation that says, if you play as you were, and I believe you can take your game to a new level, there's no reason you can't be that that main man. You'll have to do it. You'll have to win that fight. You'll have to prove it. But Caden mm. Jackson must start to believe with the confidence that he got from that resurgence in form that he, whoever comes in, he's got a real chance of getting serious minutes and, and potentially being the striker. And, and maybe he'll, he'll need a bit of luck with others getting injuries or being unavailable or doing it in the cup and then keeping his chance, that, that, those sort of things. But he has to believe to sign a two-year contract that he's not just going to be a, an impact bench warmer because I don't think that will appeal to him at this this stage of his career. No, mm. two two years takes him to thirty. So mm. um, ancient, yeah. It's well, that's the, reached the Ross Hall's the, cut, the <laughs> yeah. cutoff point, but that would be <laughs> that would be that would be six seasons he would have been at Ipswich. Um, and if he spends the next two as a backup, the, the stats aren't going to look huge, hugely great by the end by the end of those those. Well, this is years. a man who's kind of. A couple of years of his career, prime prime years, have kind of have disappeared really through through various reasons. Managers not wanting him, and you know we all know his what's happened during his time at Ipswich and being stuck with the under twenty threes at times. So he'll have felt, especially the type of player he is. You talk about age there, sort of jokingly. 
some players can go on a little bit longer. Caden Jackson's game is based very heavily around pace and pace mm. is the first thing that starts to go. So he'll have felt that some prime years of his career have slipped by. He won't have, you know, it won't have been a, a simple decision just to commit to another two years here if you didn't feel you had a chance of, uh, of, of being a sort of a key man going forwards. And McKenna has obviously um, assured him that, that there is an opportunity for that to be the case. You know what, with with Caden, I kind of feel like he's 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 not got as many miles on the clock as as someone his age might might have. Obviously, the way the way he started in the game, he was a late starter in the professional game, winning a winning a contract with Swindon, and then he had some some times like Barnsley, Wrexham, Grimsby, where he didn't didn't play loads. Um, and then he's not played loads over the years with Ipswich. I almost think, and th- and this might sound ridiculous. But I also think him losing a little bit of pace and having to develop other sides of his game could actually be really beneficial to him because we know he's lightning quick. He's not going to be slow. He's never going to be a slow player. But but I think what McKenna, the hope I would have for him with McKenna is that some other sides of his game will develop. He's, I think we've seen him learn to use that pace a little bit more over the years when he first came. It was so raw, wasn't it? We he was quick, and we we weren't sure about the touch. We weren't sure about other things. But I think he's learned he's learned to cross the ball, as an example. That's that's come as a learning point, and and I think you're right, Stu. I think that the signing of this deal has got to be down to a confidence thing that he's got a manager that he he trusts to to treat him fairly as a main thing. Because I'm sure there's a large part of him that thinks he's been dealt an incredibly bad hand over the last couple of years by Ipswich, both in terms of that move to Bournemouth being blocked when for everybody that made sense for that to happen mm. at that point, um, followed by a couple of managers who he wouldn't, he would have felt that he's not been treated fairly by. He now has a manager that he feels he is treated fairly by and one that I would hope that he has confidence in that can improve his game. So there's going to be a lot of gone into this. I'm sure there were other clubs interested, but um, yeah, he might just he might just surprise us. He might just surprise us, and, and this competition that comes in might be might be something that's really good for him that mm-hmm. that, that he rises to. He's I mean he's he's already shown great character, hasn't he, boys? Because at the time when he was on the fringes and basically in 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 the frigid waste, wastelands of never playing and being on his way out of the club, it would have been easy to go. Yeah, I'm going to stop training and you know put a bit of weight on and uh, but he didn't did he he kept himself in tip-top condition and um, was ready to go when called upon and, and took his chance his opportunity as one has to do with both hands so for me this is good in two ways because he's clearly got a great character as a player you want that in someone uh, and he's, he's he's still got a point to prove um he's obviously been told he's going to have opportunities here but he's going to have to earn them and when you've got players with, with things to prove that generally if they're a good character that generally is a good thing to have isn't it hungry players Hundred percent, and I think he strikes me mm. as a character who feels. I think he feels like he's got unfinished business at Ipswich. Mm. I think he feels like. I think that's a big motivation for him. Reading some of the statements he's put out over the years and the interviews he's he's done with us and others, I think he's someone that feels like he's got to show what he's really all about still, and that that hungriness in a player is really important. And um, he's settled as well. It seems like, I think he lives in, in Felixstowe with his, his young family and family's obviously a, a, an important part of his life. He does the, the A celebration that I believe is for his son. And, you know, let's not overlook that. Anyone in any walk of life, if you're settled with your family and you like your area, and ultimately now he's got a boss that makes him feel good. He talked about, you know, it's the first time since John Coleman that he's had a manager that makes him go out there feeling 
10 foot tall as well. You put all those factors together and um, that's where we've ended up with a, with another two-year contract. So, yeah, let's let's hope we see um, the best of Caden Jackson still to come. The unfinished business part interests me because I think I think you're right. This was his big move, wasn't it? This Ipswich Town was where... He, I, I don't know where what other market he would have away from Ipswich right now in terms of size of club, jumping from Accrington, coming up through non-league, winning competitions to get started in football. Um, Ipswich, Ipswich was a really big deal for Caden Jackson. He chose Ipswich over Peterborough um, mm. and he got that number nine shirt that he's since kind of had taken away from him. Um, I like players with unfinished business. That's That, that generally that generally le- le- leads itself to good things, I think. Yeah, if they're the right sort of character, absolutely. Yeah. Um, we should also mention, obviously, before we move on from the contract stuff, there were a number of other things announced yesterday. Sonny Aluko, we already knew about, um, triggering an extension. And I guess the headline from the, the kind of other stuff underneath the, the big names is Tyree Simpson um, having his extension taken or option taken, which we kind of expected. Um, what did you make of that, though, when it actually, actually occurred, Stewie? Uh, no great surprise there. It's pretty clear that Ipswich have to protect their asset. I still fully expect Tyree Simpson to move on. Mm. When and where remains to be seen, but um, there's too much water, I think, passed under that bridge now for there to be any kind of dramatic comeback. I, I might be wrong. You know, maybe over the fullness of time, emotions will, will settle down a little bit, And but We've just talked about Jackson signing up to a new contract. Clearly, they're going to go out and sign at least one, if not two other strikers. And um, having seen the strength of Mark Ashton's comments about agents and not being walked over, and I, I think it will just be a case of Ipswich trying to get the best possible deal for Tyree Simpson. And um, unfortunately for Tyrese, rightly or wrongly, Ipswich hold all, all the cards now. It's not like they're mm. desperate to kind of get him off the wage bill or or get a transfer fee in, um, they can they can sit and wait, and I think you know that sort of name name what they think is a fair price, and make sure that they're well protected in terms of sell on clauses and things like that for further down the line. So um, I I can't see that being a deal that happens quickly for Tyrese. Put it that way. If- That's an interesting point to this because in years past, they'd Ipswich would have needed this deal to kind of help fund other things not the case anymore is it they can they can have principles they can um they they can afford to to have principles they can afford afford to wait whereas i I don't think in years past that would have been the case it would have been tried to get something up front and use it on another deal down the line but um as we've seen with the the contracts as well because it is a risk giving out extra years of contract and i think pete people always forget in football that the real money is in the wages not in the transfer fees and so tying yourself up for another year or two on players is a big financial commitment. But again, Ipswich can afford to take those gambles, inverted commas. Mm. And what that does is make a player feel wanted. It makes a player feel settled. It gets the best out of them going forwards. But the club has still taken that little bit of a risk. Hopefully it will you know, be one that pays dividends. We're all, you know, everyone, give them contracts, hand them out like confetti. When it's, it's easy to say that from the outside, yeah. but when you're the club looking at the balance sheet going, well, that's X million pounds tied up for, for the next little while. But yeah. Ipswich are in that nice luxury position now where they can start to make some of these decisions. It does add up. Like every 
every five grand a week you pay someone is a quarter of a million pounds a year and like <laughs> so they quickly add up don't they if you're if, if that's kind of committed salary over over periods of time that's all going to show up on bank on like finance sheets and stuff so yeah a side of it that we maybe forget um sometimes with Tyrese are you happy if you're the, the management team at town are you happy you've got a striker there who's obviously shown you can score goals at a lower level um said he wants to leave the club you've now made it so he's got he can't really unless you say so are you happy then just to let him essentially for want of a better term rot in the reserves is that an approach that is 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 a good one to take um I guess you could see he got a couple. You can see sort of what his reaction would be. They've had mm. a little taste of that. Well, his disappointment of being recalled from Swindon. Let's see, attitude-wise, how he deals with that. Whether he, mm. you know, brings his A game to the twenty-threes and treats it properly and doesn't sort of sulk. Um, we haven't seen the twenty-threes because they're kind of mainly behind closed doors at times. So I can't, I can't comment on how he's been over the last six months. Is there any point sending him out on loan again when he's going into the final year of his, his contract now? Clearly isn't going to sign another one. I suppose you could argue send him out on loan if he does what he did for Swindon in the first half of the season. You hope that you know someone will, will pay some money in January to sort of beat beat the queue in terms of before his contract's out. I really don't know what, what they'll do with Tyrese Simpson. But as I, as I say, Ipswich kind of Ipswich are in a position where they can where they can sort of just uh, wait and bide mm. their time. Mm. You look at last season, it's, it's a different scenario, obviously some very different circumstances, but Miles Kenlock was, to use the expression, rotting, wasn't he? He was excluded from everything, mm. um, training with the 23s. But Paul Cook sp- spoke about him showing the right attitude, not being a minute's trouble, and he ended up playing the odd cup game here and there. I think it's different with Tyrese, but they're... I, I don't think like being sort of cast aside necessarily means you're kind of just ignored. I think John McGreal and the the town's younger coaches will work with with Tyrese. It's not he's not just going to be kind of left to run laps of Playford Road every day. They'll they'll look after him um, because they need to keep they need to keep him right. If they if they're hmm. going to get the deal that they want, they're going to they need to keep him right. Um, for a club to want to take him, so um... I think I think if Ipswich were at a different juncture, maybe a, of a few years ago, where there was the only way they were going to progress was by developing players, younger players of their own, going down that sort of academy route, and where the club were making big noises about so much percentage of our players are going to be homegrown. There would have been more pressure to kind of turn this situation around with Tyrese, mm. and I think. In Kieran McKenna, they have a young coach, an empathetic young coach who might be able to salvage this situation emotionally, that might be able to pull Tyrese to one side, put his arm around him, cool things down, develop him, because he is still very raw. He has only still had six months in in League Two, which we forget about, and he mm. did come to football quite late. But Ipswich, Ipswich have Ipswich are kind of Ipswich ambitions are kind of rocket boosted now aren't they they want to develop quicker and they don't they haven't really got the luxury of time to sort of get Tyree Simpson up to speed and so I, I think ultimately they could salvage this situation with Tyree Simpson but they don't need to or have the time to it's easier to kind of level up quickly in the mm. transfer market than spend all that time and energy salvaging that situation so that that's why I think it's um the writing's on the wall there 
Okay. Before we move on from this contract discussion, should just obviously mention the other youngsters who had extensions: Tawanda Chirewa and uh, Tommy Hughes. Rossi, you've been silent for pretty much the whole time. You are able to jump in, you know, my friend. Um, I'm going to come to you on, on these these final two because good ones for the future. I mean, Tawanda especially has obviously been scoring goals for fun, as we say in the cliche land. Um, good to see these two get a bit more time. Indeed, and yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm a polite young man. I don't like to jump over people, but I know that is the the reason for the round table is just to jump when you want to say. But um, the boys are always superb as ever. But um, yeah, Tawanda <laughs> Chwewa and yeah. um, T- Tommy Hughes. Um, you know, fair play to the club given Tommy Hughes a you know six month contract because he has had a lot of injuries the last past couple of years. But um, when he has played for the under twenty threes, well, at the end of this season, he scored for fun. Mm. Um, so, you know, that'd be good to see what Kieran can look into um, with Tommy Hughes. You know, Tawanda, as you said, he's been scoring bucket of goals for the 23s. And as Stu said, a lot of the games have been behind closed doors and stuff like that. So we've not been able to watch it, his performances in, you know, in and out. But um, when he played for the youth team, for the under-18s and Youth Cup, he was a standout player in that team. Um, and he's a he's a baller. And of course... You know, the Pat John's Trophy a few years ago against Colchester, he made his debut and we had no idea. I didn't have a clue who he is. You know, I covered yeah. the academy a lot. But when he was on the team sheet, we're like, who? Who's this guy? Who's this young lad? But um, he's really kicked on and um, he's an advertised asset, really, if you think about it. I know he hasn't played that many first team appearances, but he's a young player. You want to sort of get a contract down instead of him going out on a, a non-more fee. We don't want to see that happen. You know, we've seen that with Liam Gibbs. Hmm. So, um yeah, exciting times for some of the youngsters and um, it's good to get those tied down and we'll, we'll see. I'm sure Tuanda will probably get a longer term deal maybe going forward because one year deal is probably not enough for him. I'm mm. sure that's what they're talking about. It's, um, yeah. he, he's one that's had plenty of interest over the years. I think he was the second youngest player in the, the club's history when he made yeah. that when he made his debut at, at Colchester. Stu and I, we spent the evening like rapidly trying to find out more about him that night, but but kind of since since there's been I think there's been interest in him from a number of clubs. Fulham was one I, I think off the top of my head was one that it was were quite keen on him over the years. I'm sure taking the option there was just kind of the the um the stopgap option while they try and do something a bit more long term. And, and Tommy Hughes is one I re- I really like. He's a combative little player. He's he can play in all kinds of different positions. Um, good on the ball. Got some fire in him. Um, hopefully he can prove his first prove his fitness over six months and then um. They learn something a little, little bit more. Yeah, I suppose Gary Probert, the um, as he director of football operations, to give him his full title recently, and uh, he talked about doing the right thing by players like Tommy Hughes. You know, he said, uh, you know, basically we wanted to do the right thing after someone who's been injured a long time, give them another contract. And I went to speak to Kieran McKenna and Mark Ashton and said, is it is it all right if we give Tommy Hughes something? And they said. We trust you. Do do the right do the right thing. You know the club has to do the right thing by these by these young players who've been injured. They've done it before with Ben Morris, who had a really torrid time over a couple of years, and they've done it again with Tommy Hughes, which I'm I'm really pleased to see. Um, Chirewa is certainly both him and and Cameron Humphreys are the two to watch. I think next season in terms of youngsters breaking through. We were all at Dartford, weren't we, last summer when Tawanda mm-hmm. scored from outside the box. He's uh, we looked at someone like Sonia Luco, really good player, but in that number 10 role, were his goals and his assists up there enough? And Tawanda Chueira, I know it's under-23s football, but he's left-footed, he's, he's, he scores quite a few goals. He's uh, He looks an exciting exciting little player, him. So, yeah, keep an eye on his development. 
Mm, right then, chaps, let's move on from new deals into bow chicka bow bow, the sexy stuff. This is where we are. It's summer. Yes, it's only May, but it's already kicked off. Hopefully, it's not going to be a, another summer like no other, like it was last summer. Um, but obviously, town have holes to fill going forward. And we kicked off last week, Andy Warren, a little exclusive you broke, um, which seems about a year ago now. Um, but we haven't actually spoken about it on here. So let's do that now. Um, midfielder from Peterborough, Jack Taylor, good, honest footballer's name, could have played in 1920s English football. Um, tell us about it. Yeah, it does seem like a lifetime ago. You you may you may have seen us talking about him at length in in such Elsewhere. videos, yeah. such, <laughs> such videos as summer transfer talk or <laughs> yeah, or the transfer files or or elsewhere. But we'll do yeah. it again now. Um, yeah, midfield is something we we've, we've talked about potentially being something that they would need to do something in um, if it's not going to be Tyreek Backinson and um, an option there is Jack Taylor from Peterborough, who is a a player that that most of us will remember as being kind of a standout League One performer when, when Posh got promoted um, season before last. Um, good all-round midfielder, got some drive in him, Good, decent on the ball, can move the ball, um, can put in a tackle. Um, and he's one, one that they're considering. So um, we'll see on that one. It's obviously very early days, but he, he's, de- he's definitely one that's under some some serious consideration. Your old mate um, Barry Fry <clears throat> this week said that it would take ten million to sign Jack Taylor. What are your thoughts? Uh, it won't take ten million pounds to sign Jack Taylor. <clears throat> I think, um, yeah, I, I, the, my favourite part of that story was was that of though that was from the Peter Telegraph. Barry Taylor, mm. uh, Barry Fry talking about about Jack Taylor. My favourite part of that wasn't the ten million. It was actually Barry revealing that Peterborough were having their recruitment meeting in Las Vegas. Nice um, in the next few days. So that's um yeah that that was my big takeaway from from that one um, i think i think we should have meetings in las vegas a big end of season debrief maybe move it to vegas why not maybe um, they're we... trying to up their transfer fund it's like right <laughs> yeah. right recruitment meeting there's not much cash yeah. um whack it whack what, it all on black what yeah. can we do about this <laughs> barry i'll see you in vegas let's go yeah stewie jack taylor what do you what do you reckon what do you make of that I also like the idea of Ipswich picking up the phone and going 9.9 million. No, (laughs) definitely not. No, we're not taking that. Um, Yeah, he would obviously take good money. I don't know what that would be. Significantly less than 10. That's the classic kind of uh, hands-off move. But Ipswich are in a position now where they could go and prize away a star player from a club that's just dropped down from the championship because they've got the American money and the new ownership behind them and a club that is clearly ambitious and has big crowds behind it. So I think it would appeal to to players and Peterborough got hit quite bad by COVID. That's been spoken about very publicly. They're coming down to League One again. So Ipswich are in a position to, to do that. Um, they signed players from the championship last season and I'm sure that's the sort of level of player that they'll be going for again so we don't really know how big this transfer budget will be you there's only so much you can plow into wages so maybe we'll we'll see a bit more going into transfer fees and and that's where someone like Jack Taylor who's 23 years of age we talked about having that hunger as someone who's come from a non-league background ticks a lot of boxes stylistically could could be a good fit alongside 
Sam Morsi in, in midfield. So um, we'll, we'll see. Um, but that gives you an idea of what sort of markets which you're working in. The, the mm. Peterborough kind of fan response to that story was why why would he want to go? Why would he leave us to go to Ipswich? That's that's a sideways and or downwards move. And I would I would completely disagree with that. Um, I think Ipswich would actually be a very attractive um, yeah. prop- proposition for someone like like Jack Taylor. Yes, they've just finished eleventh in the league, but clearly there's designs of of moving upwards. At Peterborough, I've got a lot of respect for Peterborough and what they and what they do and how they how they work. Um, but they've proven, much like Norwich in the Premier League, they've proven that the Championship is difficult for them. They're not. They're not making an impact in the championship. They're always at the top end of League One, always competing to get out of it. And I really respect the way that they do that. However, much as I respect, as much as I also respect Norwich's approach to to football and finance and things like that, but it doesn't translate to the level above. So Peterborough, are, are they going to get Jack Taylor significantly up the championship and and pushing for higher higher than that? Probably not. Could Ipswich? Yeah, they could. Um, I yeah. think that and- I think that. The ceiling's higher, isn't it? Ambition, fan base, put all of those things to one side for a minute. This talks as well at the end of the day. Let's let's not pretend otherwise. Um, you know, you're on the fence. Oh, can it? Can it? Well, hopes which haven't done it so far. They've been stuck in League One, and is it a sideways move? And you look at the stadium, you look at the fan base. You'll get the big spill from Ashton about running towards adversity, and and all those things might be tipping you that way. And then they'll go, oh. And we'll double your wage as well, and um, that can be the tipping point. You know that that is the industry, isn't it? So I'm, mm. I'm sure that will help. It's worth a discussion about Tyree Simpson at this point as well, because he's he's he could potentially be a part of of, of either this or something else. I, I know that Peterborough have shown a real interest in in him early stages of that. Um, it's quite a nice little little chip that um, Ipswich can throw onto the. Uh, Onto the table in Vegas, if they uh, if they met up at the recruitment meeting, we could just put just push that in on the poker table as well. Oh yeah, that's that's like when when you put your car keys in as a last as a last resort. So I've run out of chips. I've chucked my car keys or my uh, or my wallet in. You've got you've got Tyree Simpson who could be a make weight in either this or or anything else. It's a, it's an yeah. asset, a tradable asset, and um, yeah, Peterborough do love a uh, a project striker as well. They've they've. They've turned a healthy profit on a few of those over yep. the years, haven't they? Dwight Girl and others. So we'll see. I like this, Stewie. Ultimately, as Logan Roy would say in succession, money always wins. Um, and, and I've often wondered about Mark Ashton's big sell. Maybe it is literally that. You walk into the, into the boardroom, he doesn't bother with any of that running towards adversity stuff. He just has a massive pile of cash. and just There you go. And his he balls are on the table as well. <laughs> obviously, his ball, obviously, his balls are on the table. Of course they yeah. are. That goes without saying. So you walk in, cash. you get cash and balls. There you go. <laughs> where, <clears throat> where do I sign? Right then. Um, before we move on from sexy stuff, there is another link we should mention. George Hurst, one for the long list, but obviously the sexiest of sexy stuff is strikers. Hutchie, um, link to George Hurst, Leicester striker. Talk to us about it. I think you've summed that one up. Yeah, an, an, an option on a long list. He's a Leicester striker. We know him from being on loan at Portsmouth um, last season, where he he scored. I think it was fifteen goals. But they, mo- I think they all came after after November time. So once he found his feet, 
and found his place in Danny Cowley's team. He, I think it was he scored one in two basically after his first goal went in. It was one in two from there on out. So that will be what's what's kind of a, attracted Ipswich to him. But um, I don't think he's at the top of their striker list, and I'm sure it's a very very long list as well because as we've discussed, that's an area of the team that that um, is going to require some significant upgrading. Mm. Okay, friends. That brings us to the end of, of sexy stuff for this week. Um, there'll be a transfer talk video hopefully going out every week, obviously, when there's stuff to talk about. Um, uh, and who knows what kind of summer we've got ahead. Right then, I've got a very high-level meeting in half an hour, boys, um, which I obviously need to put suit and tie on. Um, we're going to do some mailbag. And I thought this week we'd, we'd add peril to it by adding a time limit to the amount of mailbag we do. We get loads of questions, loads of people contacting us, Facebook and Instagram and stuff. And it, we do see all those, but we can't obviously answer all of those. Um, so we'll, we'll take some of them in the next, I'm going to say 10 minutes of mailbag. Um, and I will be timing and there will be a klaxon at the end of that mailbag. Um, so boys, in the in the time on a tradition of mailbag, Andy Warren, I'm going to warm up those beautiful vocal cords. I'm going to do it really quickly if we've got a time limit. Mailbag, mailbag. It's time for Mark, Andy, Stewart and Ross to dip into the mailbag. <laughs> Crack on. Excellent. Do you want football or non-football to start off with? Always non-football. I'm going to start with a question which I think is on everybody's lips right now, especially mine, after having to take a 40-minute diversion to drive Ross home after we'd done something yesterday. Big John Watson, King of the North, friend of the show, top all-round bloke says, what will happen first? Ipswich Town FC will gain promotion to the championship or Ross passes his driving test. I'm going to go first on this. I think there's a good chance Ipswich might be in the Champions League <laughs> before before Ross passes his driving test. Um, we need an update, Rossi. In the car yesterday, as I was lamenting your lack of ability to transport yourself from A to B and have to be driven everywhere like a child, you said, I can't pass my theory test. Yeah, John Watson's killed me here. Thanks, John. Um <laughs> Cheers for that, mate. Um, now, top lad. Um, yeah, I just got to pass my theory. Just got to pass but my you've theory. You've already done it, man. You've <laughs> already passed it. It expired. It, it expired. Just pass it then. I'm trying to. But um, hopefully not. Hopefully, I will pass that before even the season starts. That's the goal before this season. Well, starts. it's not just the theory. We don't want the theory. I mean, the theory is the easy bit, mate. You've got to yeah. do the actual practical bit. We want you I driving. Yes. Ross sheepishly, and I said, Are "You all right getting home? Oh, I'll get the bus." I, I, I would you give me a lift if I asked? It's like, it's like having a, it's like having a teenage son, Dad. Uh, anyway, so no, Ipswich Town will win the Champions League. I'm fully convinced of it before Ross passes his driving test. Um, right, let's do let's do football, shall we, boys? Uh, Fraser Barnard on the sexy stuff thing says, if you boys could pick a striker that you genuinely believed could get his 2025 goals next season, who would you go for? He says Ladapo, obviously Freddie Ladapo, worth a punt. Stewie Hutchie is probably one for you. If there's a striker out there, realistically within town's grasp, and you could grasp them thoroughly, who would it be? Poor. It's Freddy... an interesting yeah. one, isn't he? He's, he put in a transfer request in January. I think looking at Rotherham fans' opinions on him is that he's he's a good player. I think um, Kieran McKenna sort of name-checked him going into the Rotherham game, talking about really good one-on-one um, dynamic qualities. I think he's got the athletic qualities that McKenna wants, but the big thing hanging over him has been question marks over attitude. Um, 
but he's he came through the Colchester youth team, so maybe a move back to this area it would, would would appeal to him. It's whether it's whether any of kind of off field stuff would would uh, put Ipswich off would be would be my reading of 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 that from from the outside looking in. Um, any other names you want to chuck around, gents? Clark Harris is the what is the one that interests me because. He scored 33 goals to get Peterborough mm. promoted. Um, and then he's hit double figures in the championship despite not playing loads. Um, question marks with him as well. It's pretty publicly been talked about how he, he came back in, in not great shape ahead of their first season in the championship, which isn't a great look given that, that was supposed to be kind of a big, a big, a big season for him. Um, you would hope that promotion to the championship, the return of crowds to football would mean that your, your star man comes back in tip-top shape. Um, he didn't. And as a result, it took him a fair while to get his season going. But by all accounts, he he, he really is in shape. He, get, he got himself into shape and got himself scoring goals. Um, I think he's certainly attainable. Same kind of discussion we've had over Jack Taylor. Mm. Um, so... He he's one that he's one that really interests me. The mm. Dapo doesn't excite me. I've got to be honest. It, it doesn't. I'd, I would in the, in that scenario. I think I think I would. I would all, if they signed him. I, I would see him as and Caden Jackson kind of on a on a level entering mm. the the season. Where my my gut feeling is that we'll we'll be talking about a, a nailed on starter um, coming in. That's my gut but- feeling. I don't look if you're looking at trying to sort of prize away players who've done it at League One level recently. I, I wonder if someone like a Plymouth, having just missed out on the top six, are vulnerable to losing some of their better players. Obviously, there's been a lot of talk about Kamara in midfield who's put in a transfer request, but what about someone like Ryan Hardy up front who scored, I think, 19 goals for them last season? He looks like someone who will press high have all the sort of qualities that would fit mm. in with, with a McKenna style of football. You could go and try and prize someone like him away. I know people have talked about Stockton and Alfie May at Cheltenham, but I, you, Ryan Hardy's done it at a slightly higher level in the division last season. He, he would be someone that I would think about. And then if you're talking about then an extra one, a different quality, you go and sign someone to be... Maybe your main starter in mind, you've got Jackson with a bit of pace. Do you then need someone that's got a bit of experience, a bit of a, a target man, someone who's been around the block who can be your kind of... And I know they're not going to... I know Ashton's made it clear. We're not going to lump it. We're not going to go long. We've got our principles. But just someone who's going to be a good squad player. And there's people like Charlie Austin, Stephen Fletcher, Andy Carroll even, that are all out of contract this summer. You know, it's... Um, just can I throw another name on, onto that that kind of list, Stu? Sam Vokes at Wickham. If um, if they don't ultimately go up, I've always liked him. I, I think I think there's a deal that they could potentially do there as well. Um, I like Sam Vokes in that regard. Andy Carroll at Ipswich Town. Swap one Carroll out. Another like he's been, he was playing quite well um, towards the end of the season. And I think that was just a sort of a budget situation um, with with him leaving. So he's not that old still, Andy Carroll. It's just you talked about sort of miles on the clock. He's just it's the injuries that have mm. kind of hung over him. Uh, but he's, he's not 
he's not gonna fit he's not gonna fit he's, the way he's, that 30, he's 33 he's too he's 33 oh, he's, oh, he's yeah. well old then absolutely yeah. absolutely past it um, troy parrot is another one. Oh, that in, that, i like it uh, in, I, I wonder whether a year on i don't know i just got this gut feeling that i think mckenna could could get on him i don't know that's uh, he wouldn't be one that you'd bring in i think we've we learned enough about him to not kind of think that he would come in as the nailed on guy but if you're adding two strikers to the mix could he be one there's a there's a there's a sparkle a glint in Andy Warren's eyes. I don't know. It? I I liked a lot of what I saw in him. I don't think he was I don't think he was mature enough to come up here to come up here for that for the loan that he came on from what I could see. But I think a year at MK would have done him the world of good. And I think a year with someone like McKenna would. He's clearly responded. He's played well under Liam Manning, and there's a lot of similarities between Manning and McKenna. So one to think about. I wouldn't have thought he's right at the top of any considerations, but. Right. There's only four minutes. That was a good chat, boys. There's only four minutes left of mailbag now. Francis Britton wants to know, you have to remove one of meat, roast potatoes or gravy from a roast dinner. Which is it and why? Rossi, what are you taking out? Meat, roast potatoes or gravy? Roast potatoes. I I love meat and gravy. Mm. Boys? Meat. You're just having potatoes and gravy. I'm not just having potatoes and gravy, am I? I'm oh, having, okay. veg- yeah. having vegetables. Yeah. I've got. I've got. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, there, there's a vegetarian element in your household, isn't there? So exactly. you're probably take, quite the meat, take the meat out. Get rid of the meat, um, Stewie. Uh, probably with a heavy heart gravy, because I can substitute oh. that with some um, water, some, some <laughs> mint, mint sauce, some. Um, you know, there's other condiments that can that can lubricate my meal. I'm not prepared to sacrifice the roasts or, or the meat, I'm afraid. Absolutely. Lubrication is important when it comes to a, a roast dinner. Um, let's move on. Uh, Sheffield Blue wants to know how many open play goals will Wolfenden score next season, given that he is now a, a box-to-box centre-back? Zero. Any open, play. Open, open play. play. Yeah. Charging forward. Two. Uh, it's going to score two goals from open play. That's bold. I like it. What are you saying, Stu? He's got a taste for going forward. After Absolutely. that run, was it the Rotherham away run? He suddenly, uh, I did notice he was suddenly um, appearing higher up the pitch at times. So um, I, I want to, I'd rather he scored from set pieces, to be honest. Um, some of the defenders start chipping in with some goals from set pieces. And I'm sure the person that's taking corners, um, next season is, is yet to arrive. Although, you know, Lee Evans, once he gets back in the team, they, they were scoring a few from, from his sort of uh, deliveries earlier in the season, but it'd be nice if they could add, add a bit more of a set-piece threat. Hmm. Andrew wants to know, Mark Ashton, this is very unlikely, gives you free reign to change or implement something at the club. What would you pick? Hutchie, if you had free reign to change anything at Ipswich Town, what would you, what would you change? Uh... What would I change? Um, I would ask to be in full control of the pre-match music. Yes, that's a good idea. I like that. But then it'd be really eclectic, sort of Scandi yep. rock, though, wouldn't it? Kind it, of. It would be all over the place, and that's yeah. and and but but it's up to me now. You've so. had one stab at that already. Don't be greedy. Yeah, but I didn't have. Yeah, I've got grand plan. I've got. I've got. Yeah, I've got grand plans. I have had a stab at that already, but I feel what? like I can do more. Ultimately, what do they enter the field to? Um, Craftwork. 
<laughs> no, this is some nostalgia value here. It's going to go back to the same theme that they entered the field to in like 2004, 2005, which is Twilight Zone by Two Unlimited. Nice. Certain part of it, not all of it, it was clipped up and it, it was of its time, but some good memories for me. Right, I reckon we've got time for maybe maybe two more. Um, let's start with this one. Uh, Kieran Whiffen says, after hearing about Andy's disgraceful behaviour for not having watched Top Gun, a lot of chat about that. If you could lock him in a room and force him to watch a movie classic, what would it be? We know Hutchie's got big holes in his cultural knowledge. He was out playing football all day and all night when he was a kid. Stewie, what classic film should Andy Andy Hutch Warren be forced to sit down and watch? I'm not, I'm not having that, by the way. I didn't watch any films because I was playing football all the time. <laughs> Absolute nonsense. Um, all the time. Any any film. Well, what? yeah, I mean, have you seen Jurassic Park, Hutchie? Yes. Yes. So that's 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 one that is in there, um, which I thought. Is it you, Andy? I've been trying to get on Step Brothers, or was that you, Mark? No, that's very much not me. I'm very aware of Step Brothers. I've not seen Step Brothers. So I think comedy of that sort of early noughties, you're you're okay on, aren't you? Yep. Because that's a sort of my comfort area to go to. Uh, Fight Club. Oh, that's a dreadful film. Yep, seen that. It's not a good film. It's all this. It's all this nonsense, kind of. Back to the Future, isn't it amazing? Back, how dare uh, you, sir? How dare top, you? Top Gun, that kind of stuff. I just haven't seen it. Don't want to see it. <laughs> and you're going to have to lock me in. A, you will have to lock me in a room to watch it. I will say, having rewatched Top Gun with the missus, when she she said, "Let's let's watch it," because the, the trailer for the new one looks tremendous, and it does. It's going to be really good, by the way. The new Top Gun. Um, having rewatched it for the first time in in probably twenty years doesn't really stand up well um, to exactly. kind of modern day standards um when you look at it yeah lots lots of things that i wouldn't have noticed can the I, first time around can i just say <laughs> as well like when was top gun made 85 okay so why why has it taken 30 years to make a seven second one <laughs> if it was that good like how how has it taken three decades i think that I think 35 then, years i think that tom cruise so, has been making mission impossible one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve never seen any of them wow I haven't seen. I've never seen a Fast and the Furious film either. If we're talking, about oh, to be fair, you've not missed anything there. Okay, fine. 30... Have you seen a James Bond? Yeah, I've seen some of that. I've, I've basically Brosnan onwards. I don't know if I've ever watched anything pre-Brosnan. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Final question, Luke Prentice. If you had, to, if you had to cover a sport that wasn't football, what would you all cover? <clears throat> Hutchie, you obviously started in in your long and illustrious sporting career covering various sports you didn't actually start covering football did you You were chasing eggs weren't you to begin your career uh yeah it's a great <clears> sporting <throat> yeah chasing eggs in rural rural uh, worcestershire just men chasing eggs no it was rugby union that was a sh- uh, that was fun i've covered speedway intensively i've covered ice hockey intensively um i would cover i'd probably cover ice hockey in the in north america yeah if i'm because the, the sport's hilarious and if you're covering it properly in North America, you're getting some great travel mm. opportunities in there. So yeah, either that or golf, you're getting travel of that as well. And it's very easy to cover. Mm. If you're covering any of the major American sports as a beat writer, as they say, that's a pretty glamorous job, isn't it? Traveling all over the country. So you're taking ice hockey. Stewie, what are you saying? Probably golf. Get to travel yeah. a little bit. It's my, my, my second sport, I'd say. That would be nice. Rossi? Uh, I'm good. I'm going with tennis. 
Okay. Just I th- once again, you can travel, you know, go to all the tours around the, the world. Um, yeah, a bit of tennis, why not? A friend going... of mine covers tennis. <clears throat> he he yeah. basically got quite lucky and coincided completely with Andy Murray's career and has wow. basically covered Andy Murray for the bet over a decade, kind of just quite intensely. It's worked out all right for him. I'm saying on, on the Glitz and Glamour show, it's an absolute nonsense of a sport, but um, Formula One. Imagine you hate, that. well, you'd be rubbish at it because you, you're I, complete disdain for it, mate. I'm a man of many talents. I can, I can, I can sell out totally for uh, traveling around the world, sort of places they go, Monaco, Miami. Yes, please. What What do you think about the old porpoising this season? Yes, Stu. The what? Thought, it's a big um, issue in Formula One at the moment. Porpoising. Uh, that's a shame. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we'll never know what porpoising is, and I'm sure it sounds. I'm sure it's tremendous as well. That's such a shame we won't get to talk about it. Um, <clears throat> right then, that brings us to the end of this podcast, boys. <clears throat> um, anything else to mention before we uh, before we take our leave? Unless you want more on porpoising, I've got no other business. I don't. I want uh, to do further down the line. I want to explore Andy's film knowledge more. Perhaps, well, I'll dig out. You know, there used to be those things called DVDs. I'll get them oh, down yeah. from the loft, and we can maybe do a a yay or nay, or we can get some screen grabs up of covers. I, I want to explore that further. I like that because it baffles me as well. Um, Rossi, any, anything else to mention? What, what have we got podcast wise this week elsewhere? Uh, you got a fan social and then of course, Andy Warren's favorite 11 with Mike Bacon. So that should be good. Um, and my final little bit of business is I've realized I really like penalty shootouts. I've watched three penalty shootouts in the last week and they're just great fun, aren't they? They're a lottery. Um, of course, it's better when it's not your team because, of course, if it was your team, like I watched Inverness take on Arbroath, um, Liam from Cruz, one of his many teams, they, they won. Uh, then I watched Forest, of course, beat Sheffield United in the, the Championship playoff semi final. And, of course, last night, Rangers losing against Frankfurt. Um, but yeah, penalty shootouts, I love it. I've got thoughts on this because Aaron Ramsey was always going to miss that penalty. Mm. He was not up to the speed of the game. He was brought on far too late and he was only brought on to take a penalty. He was always going to miss it. Stop doing that. It doesn't doesn't work. Has that ever really worked? I'm trying to think. It doesn't seem to, does it? No. And it's usually for that reason, isn't it? As you say, they're just if they're just brought on just to score a penalty in a penalty shootout, generally they're not up to speed in the game. Um, and it almost has more pressure to them, doesn't it? As if there's not already enough pressure on a penalty shootout. You're literally, your whole purpose of being on the pitch is to score this penalty. Oh, that was Rossi. It's obviously raised in the last couple of weeks. How else can we end a football match without penalties? Fight. Shoot shoot me down here. Bring back the old, do you remember the MLS in the early days where they had the 40-yard dash towards goal and you had to score? That's That's a... that's a bigger test of, of technique and skill and nerve, isn't it? And that adds a bit more drama. I'm up for that. That's like they do in the NHL, isn't it, Hutchie? Yeah. With penalty exactly. They start my new half, beat. halfway. Exactly. My dad was telling me at the weekend we went to a game and he was telling me about he went to like a game that went to four replays until it got until it got, got decided. I'm not sure about that. But I'd do away with, I'd do away with all replays. Or obviously. how about a game of Kaplunk? <laughs> what? Two captain, two captains, yeah, sat in the centre circle. You don't know what kaplunk is, no. So it's like a plastic tube, 
full of straws and you tip a load of marbles in the top. And each, oh, well, you that, take that's it. another podcast idea, Mark Heath <laughs> on children's games. And you pull out Mousetrap. Mousetrap mouse trap could work as well for this. I'd, I'd it's be not up great for the physical spectator, is it? If you're sat in row Z, you're not getting a, a great view. Unless, the, you, unless I, the stadium's got yeah. a big screen. I'll tell you what would be great from a spectator point of view on that, on that way, because it's a very violent game. Hungry hippos. Do that the, midfield. You get your captain from each side, and they just smash fuck out of hungry hippos because it, it gets really intense, doesn't it? You got. To... Or what, each they... team has a real hippo. <laughs> what and they what they do what? Eat and have to chase real football. <laughs> eat the footballs. We chuck a hundred footballs on the pitch. Let's do watermelons because I'm not sure the RSPCA would like hippos eating footballs. So let's say watermelons to end the game. Yeah, riding the hippos will be absolutely fine for the sort of the. The animal rights people, that's fine. Just don't oh, feed them real footballs. You're riding them as well, are you? You mentioned riding. Well, yeah, I don't think, I don't know if you need to, you could just dress them up in team colours and introduce the hippo, a hungry yeah. hippo. You, at the you'd, right probably, time. you'd probably need some sort of um, pool as well, wouldn't you? Because obviously they're, they're water based yeah. animals largely. Yeah. Um, so what you're saying what... is it's difficult. Yeah. It's a difficult one. But I'm saying we've got. Well, I'm saying we've got some good ideas there, boys. I mean, let's let's not let's come back to it, shall we? Should we stick a pin in it uh, and then come back to it? Maybe fly a few up the flagpole and see which uh, which float, as it were, or not. Um, anyway, boys, I've got to go to. Got, speaking of ideas and meetings, I've got to go to a management meeting in ten minutes, mm. so I might just start opining some of these things that we could bring in. Um, KOA hungry hippos, for example. It's a change of pace for you, there, isn't it? Very much so. <laughs> Very much so, yeah. Um, right then, friends. All that leaves me to say, I hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. Um, look out for the fan social and Andy Warren revealing his favourite Town 11 with the big porker, Mike Bacon, 6am Sunday. That will be with you. Please support us once on Manscaped. Use the code KOA, uh, manscaped.com for 20% off and free delivery. And follow us across all our social media at Kings of Anglia on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook and Instagram. Have a fine weekend, whatever you're doing. Uh, and we shall speak to you next time. Crime to football, Brexit to Pokeball. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon. Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.